Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. So as we uh, get into the second part of this series, as we talk about the importance of serving, um, I- I'm reminded that when it comes to church, as we do this series, I'm reminded that sometimes in church or the church, we, ha- we can, if we're not careful, get out of alignment. We can lose track of what the foundation should be, of where we should be and what we should be believing and what we should be, more importantly, doing and can cause us to kind of go down a path maybe we weren't supposed to go. And so I've been trying to figure out as we go through the series, like what are the foundational things that we need to do that, it, that to make us the church? Not Coastline Church, but the church, the church that Jesus uh, still wants to use today to help reach, reach people that are far from him. And uh, I had a cool illustration happen this past week. Uh, for about three weeks now, I've uh, suffered with severe pain in my lower back, um, right above, well, I don't have a butt, but one of those, you know, where my butt would be. Uh, it's been, like, I wake up in the morning, I feel like I'm, like, I feel like I'm, like, 90 years old or something like that. I, like, walk out, I'm like, oh, my gosh. And Erica's like, stop it, you're not that old. I'm like, I'm not kidding, I'm in severe pain. Got to the point where I was trying to even put on my pants. I would, like, have to hold a wall and try to, like, lasso a leg because I couldn't lift my leg up. And uh, wouldn't you know, like, three weeks in a row, my wife's like, why don't you just go to the chiropractor? Why don't you just go to the chiropractor? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to live with this. Until Friday, in which I had enough, and what did I do? Went to the chiropractor. And so uh, I've got a, a good friend of mine that uh, he comes to church here. His name is Jeffrey. Jeffrey's a chiropractor uh, just in Port Orange. I went and visited him, and uh, I told him, I told him like, what I was doing, and he looked at my feet, and he's like, oh, you can't lift your leg up, can you? I'm like, how do you know this? You've been talking to my wife, haven't you? And, uh, man, with, within 30 seconds, he put me in this, like, weird pretzel position. I can't even show you now. Uh, and, like, it was, it was bad. And all of a sudden it just went, like, everything in my back just loosened up. And he showed me on the little mannequin next to her. He's like, here, here's the thing. You've got to show these are these little bones that are supposed to be in place. This is the foundation of your spine. He said, what's happened is your hips have adjusted to a point where your foundation is offset and it's creating all this pain. I'm telling you, I got off this table and like, it was like, I was like, I don't know what witchcraft you just put on me, dude, but that was something. Like I was lifting my legs. I could have gone for a a run right after, not a long run, but a, a little bit of a run right after that. And so a little bit of plug for, uh, for Dr. Jeffrey Ever, Everly, how do you say his last name, Erica? Ireley. Uh, he didn't do it for free. I paid him. I, I'll pay him on Monday when I go see him too because I felt great. But it was fantastic. But what it showed me was, man, the pain that can be caused if your foundation is off even just by a little bit. And I think when it comes to the church, I talked about this this past week, sometimes our, the foundation of what we think church should be gets off just a little bit and can cause so much pain that we don't even know it's, it's happening. We've all either experienced it or know people in our own lives that have experienced church pain. And like I said last week, if, if that's one of 
if that's your experience, I want to apologize because I don't think that's I don't think that's how Jesus intended the church to be. I just think that people are broken and people are messed up and people are dealing with stuff in the church. And what we experience in that is people, not what Jesus intended the church to be. And so today we want to specifically approach this from a position of how as a church are we supposed to have the right foundation so that we're not painful to the people around us, that we're not creating pain even our own selves, but we're living with the purpose that Jesus called us to live with. And so today I want to start off exactly where I started last week uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. This is just a window, a picture of what church possibly should look like. This is when uh, right after Jesus goes back to heaven, uh, the apostles get together in Jerusalem and they start church and it, they say it looked a little bit like this. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles', the apostles teachings and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. These are, are, are fantastic elements that I believe are a necessity in church. In verse, verse 43, it says, A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those that were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. When Eric and I first started Coastline, as we were trying to think of, of how we felt the Holy Spirit was leading us to launch this ministry, uh, we came to the conclusion together, we built it on these, these three pillars, these three core values that I think are important for, for our church. And everything that we do, whether it's a small group, uh, whether it's a hangout, whether it's a worship night on the beach or something like that, we, we put these three elements into our church. The elements are connect, grow, and go. I think connection's important. We're going to connect in the morning when we connect with God through worship. You guys just spent a couple minutes connecting with each other. Connections, if you, if you love anything, you're going to, or to, 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 to love anything, you've got to be connected to it. The second thing is grow, which is what we're going to talk about today. I think it's a, things that are healthy grow. Things that are not healthy don't grow. My kids uh, started up fall baseball and softball this week. And... Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, it seems like every parent thinks they're raising the next Jeter when it comes to that, me included. I'm like, I'm like yelling at Olivia. Erica's like, she's nine years old. Give her a break. Um, but I, when, when I'm, the thing that I enjoy about watching them, even during practice, is the fact that you start to see them grow and understand and get to know the thing that they're doing. They get better and better. I'm throwing ground balls to Ben. He's getting in front of him. He's not having to chase every single one like we did for the past year and a half. And for as a dad, it's one of those things where it's like, man, it's cool to see our kids grow. I think the same thing is true when it comes to God. He wants to see us spiritually grow. He wants to see us spiritually start to understand that things can be different than what we think they should be. Growth is important. Much like the adjustment uh, that happened to my back, there's a, a point in, in which Jesus takes some time to adjust the disciples' thinking of how life should go. 
he adjusts their thinking of, of what it means to the, the hierarchy living that, of the culture that time. See, during this time, the, the, uh, Jerusalem was under, uh, and the Israelites were under Roman control. Rome had come in and conquered the land, and they were the ones that were managing, and the Israelites and the, the Hebrew nation all lived underneath the rule of Rome. And so during this time, there was very much a hierarchical uh, type of living situation in which successful people, uh, rich people were, were definitely higher up. They, they were cleaner. You had uh, the, the Israelite uh, uh, um, the religious leaders, that they were put on uh, high pedestals. It was one of these things that if you were just a nobody, if you were just a layman, you weren't that important. And this is how the world was thought of. This is what was culturally acceptable. Jesus comes in and creates an adjustment to them. He says this in verse 42 of chapter 10 of the book of Mark. It says, so Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world Lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Here's the adjustment. It says, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must, must be the slave of everyone else. This is part of the area where we think, where we get the saying, like, the first will be last and the last will be first. Jesus flips the script completely. He says, it's not about you being a leader. Being a leader is not as important as being a servant. Being, being ahead of everyone is not as important as, as helping the people that are around you. He flips the script completely and then goes on to say this in the very next verse, he says it in verse 45 of chapter 10. He says, for even the Son of Man, he's referring to himself. Here's the only one that lived perfect his entire life. This is the Son of God. And he says this, he says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And he gave his life as ransom for many. He says, even when it comes to me, I'm here to serve. I think the culture that we live in right now is, is not so much how can we help those around us. That might be something that we do uh, regularly. That might be something we do sometimes. That might be something we do once a year. I don't know. But our culture right now says that when it comes to our lives, we've got to think of us. We've got to defend ourselves. We've got to make sure we can get out what we need to get out for our families. But ultimately, we're number one. Jesus says what's culturally acceptable and what is Christ acceptable? What is culturally acceptable and what is kingdom acceptable are two very different things. He tells them it's more important to serve than it is to be served. We see in the book of John, chapter 13, verse 34, this is at the end of the time of Jesus' ministry on this earth. This is before, right before he gets put to the cross. This is during the same sitting in which they would sit down and have the last supper together. He tells his disciples this. John chapter 13, verse 34, he says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just, if I, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. 
of all the things in my life that can cause chaos, can cause a lack of peace in my life, the thing that is the number one at the very top of my list, this is above people that don't understand that the left lane's used for passing on the highway, okay? This is, this is beyond that, okay? Uh, this is beyond the people that get up to, to order food and they, like, haven't thought about it beforehand, and they're, like, looking at the menu. You know what I'm talking about, right? If you're this person, I'm trying to help you now, okay? Beyond this, beyond those things, the thing that caused more strife in my life than anything is when my kids fight with each other. When, when they're fighting with one another, it is like nails on a chalkboard. It is absolutely terrible. And I'm, I'm, when, when it happens, I stop and I tell them, I was like, hey, you're on the same team. If you would just love each other, if it, your life would be so much better. If you would understand that you're on the same team and you can help each other out, our lives would be so much better. They ain't figured it out yet. Mostly because... I'm still trying to figure this out for myself. Because the same thing happens to me with the people around me that God, my Heavenly Father, has put me in contact with. Because I'm still having to learn, hey, it's better if you get along, it's better if you just serve these people than it is if you just worry about what you want and what you need. He says, how you love one another, they'll see that you're my disciples. I did a wedding on... uh, Yesterday, actually, on Saturday, and uh, it was a lovely wedding. And uh, as I was sitting there talking, um, uh, I, I was the the thought, the idea came up that when you come, when it comes to the American culture, when it comes to the English language, we do a horrible job uh, describing love because we use one word to describe many different types of love, right? Like, like I love Bucky's. I love Bucky's. I'm telling you right now, like if you're looking, uh, I got a birthday in two days. If you're looking for uh, last minute birthday opportunities or gifts or whatever, uh, well, I like Ford F-250s. Those are cool too. Uh, but second to that, Bucky's is fantastic. Like where else can you go? And there's a wall of beef jerky, right? Like I wonder if they'd let us do church in Bucky's. I, I would lead it. I'll tell you what, I'll be the Bucky's pastor if they'll let me. Love Bucky's. 100 gas pumps. I, I don't got to wait for anybody. Just roll up to the gas pump. I'll leave it there, and I'll go shopping inside. Which you do that here, it's kind of a jerk move, but whatever. Love Bucky's. But you know what else I also love? My wife. The love I have for Bucky's and the love I have for my wife, Erica, two very different types of love, right? Very different types of love. Even the love I have for my wife and the love I have for my son, two very different things. But you know what, more than anything communicates the love I have for them? Not the words that come out of my mouth. Not the Bucky sticker. I, I don't have a Bucky sticker on the back of my car. That seems weird. But if I did, it's not, it's not about what I say as much as it is about what I do. My father told me years ago, you've heard it as well, actions speak louder than words. When it comes to loving the world around us, when it comes to loving the community, when it comes to loving the church, what you do means a whole lot more than what you identify as or what comes out of your mouth. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. Part of that means that we're supposed to serve one another. John chapter 3, this is right before this. 
This is right before he communicates about this new commandment. Jesus does something that is culturally shocking. It says that he got up from the table. John chapter 13, verse 4 through 5. It says he got up from the table. He took off his robe. He wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. Now, if you've been around church at all, you've heard this story, but because of the culture that we're in right now, you don't understand how crazy this would have been for him to actually do. This would have been an embarrassment even to uh, the guys that followed him because the chore that he was about ready to do, the way he was about ready to serve them was so below his position. See, in that day, if, if you were successful and you had people come over your house, one of the servants in your house would have the lowly job of having to clean people's feet as they came into the house. Now, this wasn't one of those things where they take off their, you know, Air Jordans and their Nike socks and everything. They put them by the, like, these people were wearing sandals in some of the dirtiest roads where, like, uh, sewage was, like, in the gutter. Like, this was, this was the grossest. If, if you have a spouse or if you have a husband and you've seen him with dirty feet, Multiply that by like 10, and maybe we're getting close. This is the lowest of the lowest jobs, and Jesus takes off the things that would identify him as the leader, puts on his work clothes, and gets on a knee and, ser- and, and serves his disciples as a fantastic example of it's not about position. It's about how you love one another. He washes their feet. As one of the last things he did before he put to the cross, I can't help but think that there was lots of purpose behind it. Mostly to teach us, like, hey, this is the example. It's not always about you as much as it is about what you can do for the people around you. Another thing that happened that was very culturally uh, uh, not acceptable. In the book of Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 7, it says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Now, we'll stop right there. He says, it says a Roman officer, this was a centurion. This was one of the guys that led the Roman armies. This was the guy that, that would have came and oppressed the, the, the Israelite people. Just put yourself in this position for a second. God forbid this ever happened. But another country comes in and takes over America. And they establish people in our cities that are in charge over us. These are the people that have oppressed and have conquered us. Not, not, there's not a lot of people that be lining up to help these people out. This man comes to Jesus and he asks for help. He says he's got a servant that's paralyzed and in terrible pain at home. Jesus said, I will come and I'll heal him. You know what? It's easy for us to love and serve the people that we love, the people that we care about. Moms, it's easy for you to clean up puke off the floor. Well, it's not easy. Don't, let me, don't hold on. Don't get mad at me. I understand it's not easy. I don't want that job. But, it, but it's, it's something you can do because you love the people that you're doing it for. What about the people that we don't love? What about people that are hard to love? What about the people in our lives that don't believe the same thing politically as we believe? The, the people that, that do things in a way that we don't agree with, it's not the right way that we do it. 
the people that have hurt us in the past. Jesus goes to the centurion, says, I'm going to come, and I'm going to heal him. The man was healed. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 to 40 says this. He says, when the son of, he says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as, as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. He will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothes? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. I think when it comes to to worship, when it comes to us sharing adoration and love for Jesus, I think, I think us doing it as lifting our voices is good. I think, I think that's, that's a right thing to do. But I also think how we serve one another, how we love one another is a very, very clear way, action of how we can show love. I think as the church, part of what we can do is, is if we're supposed to show the people around there that who Christ is by how we love them, we've got to put our faith into action. Maybe it's not so much more about an encouraging word as it is about baking a pan of brownies, delivering it to a neighbor. Writing a card. I understand we don't live in a day right now where a lot of people write cards. Maybe it's time to write a card. And thank someone, or apologize to someone, or forgive someone. Maybe it's time to go and when you see your neighbor cutting his grass, ask him if you can help him blow it off or something. I've got a few people in my life uh, that I'm incredibly thankful for. I'm thankful for them because I know that they love God. And they're very clear about how they love God because they do such a fantastic job serving the people that God's put in their place. He's going to hate that I do this, but uh, Adam Owens has been with us for years now. I don't even know how many years. I'm terrible with numbers. Guy shows up at 7 o'clock every Sunday morning, uses the fantastic skill that God's given him to make me not sound dumb. Well, in the microphone anyways, sound-wise. I give him a hard job. 
does a great job of making sure the speakers are all set up the way they should be set up. And when Kayla sings that it, it sounds good based off of what he can do. He stays late after church, wraps up chords. Don't even get me started on Easter sunrise. Guy's a madman. But he doesn't do it because no, I'm going to tell you right now, it, I, I've maybe said twice from this stage, thank you. No one pats him on the back. No one says, "Add a boy. He does it because he loves God. He, love, he loves the church. Not, not Coastline, but the body of believers because he's helping out other churches too. He does it to serve Christ. Brian Foster, I'm going to pick on you. Brian Foster has been part of the church for maybe six months now. Past like three weeks, he's double dipping. He's going to sunrise service and he's coming here. He's, set, he's helping tear down sunrise service. He comes here and helps set up. He's going to be here, one of the last guys to leave because he's going to tear down. And it's not because he wants recognition. He hates that I'm saying his name. But he does it because at some point, he said, man, this, this is like family. And part of what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to serve family. Chris Williams. Chris is one of the board members here at our church, and he might be one of the hardest working guys that I know. The guy has an extremely stressful job, and still there's Sundays here where he shows up with a backpack blower and blows up blows off goose crap off the front porch for an hour. It's a lowly job. It's a gross job. He does it because he loves Jesus, and he understands the way that you love Jesus, the way that you love the people that Jesus died for is to serve them. None of these guys knew I was going to talk about them today. They don't do it because I talk about them. They do it because they understand part of what we're supposed to do as the church is serve one another. And so today I want to challenge you with just that. You might be here today and say, Brian, I'm struggling with stuff my own self. I've got pain in my life. You don't understand the things that I'm going through right now. And I want to tell you, I I get it, but maybe the pain that you're dealing with right now isn't because of the pain that you're dealing with, but it's because the foundation of who you are, the foundation of how you follow Christ is just out of adjustment a little bit, and this is one area that just needs to be tweaked so you don't have that pain anymore. I got off Jeffrey's table on Friday after one little twist and adjustment, and I felt like a completely new human being. And I think spiritually, maybe that's what a lot of us need. And so I want to challenge you today to take a step in your faith, put your faith into action, serve the people that God puts around you. You can pray about whatever that looks like, but one of the things that I want to do is I want to help you if you need help taking that step. And so today, uh, real quick, we're going to flash this up on the screen, but uh, Erica comes up here and sounds like a broken record. She talks about this church center app. We just recently went through it all, and it looks a whole lot different. At the very top of that screen, if you download this from one of the Apple, uh, the, the app stores, whether it's Google Play or Apple App Store, the top of the screen, you hit Coastline, and once it gets lo- once you get logged in, it's a one-time login thing. There's the top of it that says Serve. Big orange letters. If you tap that. There'll be a chance where you can sign up 
There's lots of places that we could plug you in to serve. If it's one of those things, Brian, I, I, I want to serve, but maybe I don't want to serve at the church. Man, fill that out. I will get with you, and I will help you find a place to serve. We've got plenty of places in the church, but there's plenty of places outside of the church too. But this adjustment in you, the spiritual adjustment to understand that the church, you following Christ isn't about what you can get as much as what Christ can do through you. That will make an adjustment in your life that will be unlike any other. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today, you say, Brian, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I want one. I've not started into this relationship with him, but today I want to start it. I want, have to, I want to have him come in and adjust my life so I don't have to deal with these pains, the things that I'm dealing with. If that's you today, as I say this prayer, I want you to just repeat it to yourself. Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as a savior. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose from the grave and you did it to pay the price for my sins. And right now I declare you as my own Lord, personal savior. Come into my life, take over. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Heavenly Father, you know the people that prayed that prayer for the first time. God, I pray that you would have a moment with them, that you would minister to them, that you would start to, to allow them to feel a change as you shift the things in their lives, as you start to adjust and align the things that need to be adjusted. And God, I pray right now that as those of us that call ourselves followers of your son, Jesus, as we say we're Christians, God, that you would challenge us to put our faith into action, to serve those around us, not so much just to come into church and stamp a card that says, hey, I attended, to not just worry about how we feel and the things that we're dealing with, but that we would adjust our perspective enough to see that you want to use us to have a positive effect on the world around us. Because although that we're hurting, although we're messy and we're messed up, there's people out there that are going through the same things and they've not had the chance to know you yet. So use us to be able to share your love with those around us. And I thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.